Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. So good to be with you again on the Word Podcast. Tell you what, let's just jump into the Word. We've got some seriously good stuff to look at today, okay? We've been going through the book of Galatians. Okay, in the book of Galatians, and we're seeing what the Spirit is revealing to us through the Apostle Paul about how we are no longer slaves. We are free, folks. If you're truly a believer, if you truly repented, confessed, and called upon the name of the Lord, and you've been saved, the power of the Lord dwells within you via the Holy Spirit, and you are no longer to be a slave, no longer a slave to the uh, traditions of man, no longer a slave to all the stuff that man says you're supposed to do. You are free free. But we will be tempted. So look at this. This is Galatians uh, chapter 4. Let me read a couple verses where we ended last time together to set the scene. Paul is saying this. He says, but now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. So we saw the last time that Paul was really concerned for them. He's worried about them because they're being tempted to go back and to enslave themselves to elemental things. You know, the body of Christ does that today. People who are truly saved will get enslaved to certain patterns of practice and behavior, not necessarily sins, okay? And in this case, these things right here were things that were drawn away from God and literally created idols and idolatry, so it was a sin. But we get drawn away to elemental things. Well, Paul says this, verse 12, I beg of you, brethren. Well, that's a little change of pace right there. He has been speaking to them. He's been very forthright been very bold, telling them you need to do this and do this. Here's what the issue is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But now he is calling upon that relationship that he has with them. And we actually learned some really interesting things about Paul in these next three verses here, about him personally, about the relationship he had with him. And the first thing is the way that he's expressing this, that he is begging them. He's calling out to them, brethren, there again, he calls them brethren. So he's speaking to those who are truly saved. He knows there's tares there among the wheat. He knows that there's false brethren. He's already called out the false brethren. But he's begging of those who are brethren, who are truly saved, who are truly born again as he is. He says, I beg of you, brethren, become as I, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. Well, that's interesting. What does that mean? Become as I, for I also as you is the way that it is in the original languages. He said, I'm telling you, I want you to become as I am because I also have become as you are. Huh. Some people think that Paul, what he's saying right here is that he is uh, now a, uh, a Gentile, that he's turned his back totally on Judaism. No, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is here. You do what I did. I set aside the law. When I came to what the law was pointed to, and we'll see more about that in chapter 5, when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, I realized I no longer needed the law. I was no longer enslaved to the law. I am set free from that. 
So I'm urging you to become as I have, even as I have become as you are, and because they were set free under the law. Okay, I'm, I'm set free from the law, not under the law. They were set free from that law. He says, well, I urge you to do this. Then this next phrase, you have done me no wrong. Hmm. I think he's beginning to realize that how they might be acting and reacting to the words that he was saying, because these were tough words. He was, these were hard words. He's also knowing what is being said about him. You know how we've been touching on that all the way through that he's responding to the accusations and the statements that were being made about him by the false brethren, by the Judaizers, by those that were seeking to bring people under the law. So he just wants them to know, hey, you have done me no wrong. Verse 13, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. Now that's a really revealing little verse right there. He says, you know why I brought the gospel to you the first time. It was because of a bodily illness. And I think we can infer from that that Paul was sick. Something was wrong with him physically. And he wound up having to stay in that region, having to stop in one of the towns. Even when he had a problem, even when there was something wrong with him, he still preached the gospel of Christ. And we're going to see, uh, probably not this time, but in the next, next episode, we will see maybe what it was that was wrong with him. But he had a bodily illness, and he said, you know, I preached the gospel to you the first time. Because of that, I was stuck there in town. Then verse 14, last verse that we'll look at today. You know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God as Christ Jesus himself. He's drawing upon the personal relationship that he has with them. And next time we'll see in the next three or four verses how he builds upon that. But he's saying this, don't you remember this? That when I came to you, I came to you because I had a bodily problem. I had a physical problem. And yet I shared the gospel with you even in the midst of that physical problem, even though my bodily condition apparently was something that they could see. Apparently it was something that... Uh, more than likely, we would despise. He uses the words despise or loathe. He says, in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe. Well, the only reason to say that is because he had some kind of bodily condition that might have brought exactly those reactions. He said, not only did you not despise me, not only did you not look upon me with loathing, but you received me as an angel of God. You received me as Christ Jesus himself. The idea behind this is that when they heard the gospel message, they believed. It transformed their hearts and their lives, and they realized that Paul was the messenger of the Most High God himself, had been sent by God himself. Paul is reminding them of this for some reason. He's reminding them. And, and I think the main reason is because of what the whole point of him writing the letter is. He's saying this, folks, you know me. You know the reason that I'm writing this letter in, in this really difficult subject matter and even in strong terms right here is because I love you and because of the relationship that we have had. You know how it was at the beginning. You know how we were. And then he's going to come to him and actually ask him later on, you know, what's changed? What's happened in the midst of this? 
something has occurred. He's calling upon them to reflect upon how they were when they first heard the gospel and then reflect on how they are right now when they're being tempted with these folks that are coming in and saying, oh, yeah, Jesus is good, but there's something more. If you have Jesus with the law, then you'll really, really have a good life. And that is just a perversion from hell itself. Again, as I've said many times before, this still occurs today. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you to seek the Lord and say, Lord, make me sensitive to these type of things. Make me aware of these things when they occur. Okay? I think you would be amazed at what he would reveal. I know it's happened to us here locally that all of a sudden people are beginning to realize, wait a minute, this is being preached right here. That's not what the scripture says. This right here that we've done for years and years and years, that's not what the scripture says we're supposed to be doing. Why are we doing it that way? And I think God is bringing a holy, righteous, exciting time of an alignment underneath his spirit. When he does that, oh, what he might do. I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you again next time.